0: This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about One Division Episode 7, Breaking the Fourth Wall.
1: I don't understand what's happening.
2: Why it's... Why it's all falling apart and why... I can't fix it.
3: Do you think maybe this is what you deserve?
1: What? You're not supposed to... Talk.
0: Welcome back, fellow defenders. This is TV Podcast Industries chatting about WandaVision episode seven, Breaking the Fourth Wall. I'm one of your hosts, Derek.
2: Hello there, fellow defenders. I am one of your other hosts, John, and I killed Sparky too. (laughs) I was going to say it kind of feels like a Monday.
3: (laughs) Or Mondays, right?
0: Little office space gag from the episode. Yeah, I like, (laughs) like saying that. I think I've got a case of the Mondays. Um, Yeah, very interesting. Who are you? Who's that third voice that we've just got on board there? Sorry,
3: hello, nice to meet you, I'm Chris (laughs) Pleasure, in case you have first time joining us midway through a season And Mm -hmm. very spoilery And
0: 553rd episode of the podcast In case
3: you don't recognise Chris's
0: voice
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm the high-pitched Irish guy The other guy is the the low-octave Irish guy And then we have the high-pitched English guy
2: (laughs) No, Anglo-Irish guy That's right Sorry,
3: Anglo, yes, we've got about that damn citizenship (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Don't worry guys, again, we've been going I'm for too. six years
0: and we constantly get uh, people telling us that we have a UK podcast, so, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter, does it? No not, really. <laughs> no, not really. But welcome back, fellow defenders. We're here to talk about a pretty interesting episode, episode seven. Lots of interesting stuff happened, lots of reveals in here. Two more episodes to go, so we're pretty much into the end game, let's say. <laughs>
2: but there
0: are some, uh, are some interesting reveals to chat about on the podcast. Make sure you've watched the episode. And of course, I'm sure you all know by now, make sure you stay to the end because We have our first post-credit scene in the Marvel TV show *WandaVision* this time, and there is some interesting stuff in there that we will be talking about in the episode. So stay after the credits um, to watch that scene as well.
3: Yes, stay to the end after the credits of *WandaVision*. Not us. If you stay to the end of ours, you're just going to hear nothing because it will end.
0: You know, that's one of the coolest things that one another podcast that I listen to does. Podcast about uh, about. Marvel stuff, Uh podcast called Welcome to Level 7, which I've been listening to for six or seven years. They always have a post credit scene where they talk about something different than they talk about in the episode. I think that's really smart. <laughs> it's like, you know, they'll talk about Star Trek after talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for the full episode or something. I think that's a really cool little Marvel uh, tag, isn't it? That is quite cool, yeah. Nice idea, nice idea. Anyway, let's get into talk about this episode. Of course, if you want to share any of your thoughts about any of the episodes of WandaVision or anything else email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. If you're looking for a place to chat about Division after you've watched the episode, I cannot recommend enough popping over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. We do take a lot of feedback from there, but there is so much chat and theories and discussions going on about WandaVision. It's a great place to go if you want to hear other people's thoughts and share your own uh, about the episodes. I know you guys have hopped in and out of that as well, haven't you? Oh, yes, but mine was more
2: Drag Race UK themed. (laughs) It was, yeah. (laughs) Ding, dang, dong.
3: Wow. (laughs) Uh, Yes, I I pop in. I'm one of those social media lurkers, um, Mm -hmm. unless directly tagged. (laughs) That
2: sounds so ominous, Chris. It does. does. (laughs) Do you have creepy vines in your basement?
3: (laughs) Uh, But but they are just for pure recreational use.
2: (laughs) And a large energy bill, <laughs> yes. but no,
3: it's all right i have I have a purple glowing uh, book that powers everything too
0: <laughs> excellent, no, and no electricity bills for you, good stuff. No. For the episode, the episode was written by Cameron Squires, a staff writer for eight of the nine episodes of One Division. Also wrote for the animated comedy series Final Space as well. So a bit of a comedy background there for our writer on the episode, Cameron Squires. Uh, episode, once again, directed by Matt Shackman. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the episode?
2: Sure. From the N64 and Atari controllers to Wii remotes and Uno, the Maximoff household is glitching between times, and after the fright night that was Halloween, Wanda desperately needs some me time. With Agatha helping to look after the twins, and Vision still not returned home, Wanda settles in for a quiet morning of to-camera self-reflection and TV. At the Travelling Circus on the outskirts of Westview, the new clown Vision and Darcy the Escape Artist dare I say it, Escaped their big-top debut to get back to Wanda, but events seem to be preventing them from getting to Vision's home. Meanwhile, after a few hiccups, Monica's plan to get back into the Hex is successful, but as she pushes her way through the energy field, her DNA is altered, giving her new powers. She makes her way to Wanda, and her new powers help combat Wanda's magic as she tries to appeal to her better nature and to stop Wanda's hold over Westview. Luckily, before things can escalate, Agatha steps in to defuse the situation and brings Wanda to her house and the twins. As Wanda regains her composure, things begin to feel odd at Agatha's. Where is Ralph? More importantly, where are the twins? And why does Agatha's basement have an ominous medieval vibe to it?
0: Why? Because it was Agatha all along. If I was a singer, I would totally sing that theme tune of uh It was Agatha all along. I love it. It feels like something out of Wicked. Uh the, the yeah, stage does. musical, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? Uh really cool. Uh lots of people very happy uh about predicting uh who exactly uh Agatha or Agnes uh was uh, in the show. Uh some interesting predictions that have been uh, thrown out the window by this episode, some that are still on the table uh, for the season. But um let's get into our discussion about our top five moments uh, from the episode, our top five things to talk, to discuss. As always, quick note at the beginning about what this episode is based on. Uh, based on Modern Family, um, the most recent comedy, I suppose, that the, that the show's covered so far. Uh, main reason that you know this is because they're talking to camera throughout the show. Everybody sits down for some weird moments in between uh, scenes to discuss it with the cameraman. Uh, really love that moment when Vision is like why am i talking to you about <laughs> yeah, this i need absolutely. to go back to my family because there are those moments in these these comedy shows kind of started out with uh, the office in the uk and then obviously take it over to the us with uh, with the office us uh, where they have these moments of talking to the camera and it's supposed to feel like a reality show but if i understand correctly i had to look this up yesterday um it is a bit of an art to the office as well as i said the, the reality idea if I understand correctly, after about eight seasons of the office they actually it actually turned out they'd never broadcast an episode of the in of the documentary of the show on television so so they were had this mechanism where they were talking to camera the whole time, but it was never actually leading to anything, which is such a weird thing so what we find out in this episode of one division is while she's talking to camera and explaining everything that's going on, the actual one division show is not broadcasting anymore everybody outside can no longer see the show, so it is reflective of. Exactly all those shows, those reality shows, with a camera in the house of people or a camera in the office of people talking about their day-to-day experiences, but not being broadcast to any audience. I <laughs> just thought that was a, a really interesting take from those shows.
3: I love this. So, strangely, okay, don't shoot me, listeners. Don't shoot me. Everyone usually shoots me when I say this. I wasn't the biggest fan of the U.S. office.
0: Oh, no, okay. that's fine. You're in the you're a right <laughs> okay. company here, Chris.
3: Um, uh, even the U.K. office. Just, the, it never fully clicked with me.
2: Now yeah, I'll you.
3: Just check. Um,
2: <laughs> it was ahead of its time. It, Chris.
3: it was. Time. And now I've watched the US office and the UK office since, and they've, to a degree, grown on me. And they, my, my partner in crime absolutely loves them. She goes on about the, uh-huh. she watches the US office at least full start to finish at least once a year, I'd say. Um, mm. modern family was a bit more of my, uh, it's a bit more of my, uh, steam, if you will, it's my speed. Yeah. Uh, it, it's less realistic. Um, whereas the office, the office was kind of off the ball, but also kind of centered a bit more in reality. Modern Family was just had a bit more hijinks, if you will. Um, yeah, and absolutely, absolutely. One of the parts about I really, really enjoyed about this whole bit and this riff was, Literally, when the producer, quote unquote, speaks back to Wanda yeah, in uh-huh. the modern family uh, setting, she goes, "No, what are you doing? You're not supposed to do that." Yeah, because that absolutely. that is the bit like you're always going, "Well, why wouldn't someone just tell them they're being absolutely crazy?" And why would someone not speak up and ask them? And it's fantastic because what you're seeing is not only do you have Darcy acting as the uh, the, the de facto audience. Uh, mm-hmm. And on us in this thing, you also now just see they've riffed so well on all of these tropes yeah. of the, or sitcoms that they literally, they've gone to the point that they've, they're, they're Mobius stripping themselves, they're, they're, they're infinity looping, they've gone, they've riffed so hard, they've come back on themselves <laughs> and had to kind of break the fourth wall again. Um, it's just for yeah them.
0: it is important like obviously the reference in this episode the episode is called Breaking the Fourth Wall which is this mechanism that they use in, in these comedy shows to talk to the audience directly through a camera like in a documentary um, differently to the way that Normal sitcoms or filmed I suppose. Yeah. So, but it is important to point out that also happened in the last episode. The Malcolm in the Middle reference in the episode was Tommy talking to camera as the episode opened, or Billy talking to camera as the episode opened. So it, it it's not breaking the fourth wall this episode. It's it, they did also do that that last episode as well. But I suppose what's really interesting is we now know that there won't be any more uh, sitcom based episodes in the rest of the series because. The WandaVision TV show effectively has been cancelled at the yes. start of this episode. So I thought that was an interesting little thing that's buried in amongst the discussions that are going on. Um, so I, I really like that.
3: I, I think what we may end up getting over the next final two episodes is like the fact that Wanda is losing control, um, or has the, lost or has <laughs> yeah. completely lost control.
0: Yeah. The,
3: the, the, the spasming, I don't know what to call it, this. F- Fitzing, spasming of the objects across the, glitching. the decades it's the glitching yeah 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 um i think that could that would that's going to be visually stunning over the next two episodes because what i can see is a scene jumping between the different decades and sitcoms as like can you imagine like there, there's this conversation going on between vision and Wanda and it's jumping like each second, just jumping between a the decade. They would have mm. been horrible to film. Yeah. But it would like visually it will look stunning because you'll have this. Jump cuts between 60s, 50s, 70s, 80s, 90s, yeah. 2000.
0: I, w- I wonder if they're going to just play it straight for the next two episodes, uh, being in Westview in the current setting of Westview, because we did see it in this episode. We had the kids, you mentioned in, in John's synopsis, the kids uh, playing on their on their Wii, and then suddenly their remote turns into an N64 remote, and then it goes backwards to an Atari 2600 one, and then it goes backwards again to a card game. <laughs> so that was a really good, yeah, really yeah. good gag that it's going backwards in time. And then we have Wanda sitting in, in the room. And all around her, every piece of furniture is changing to every decade, um, which is really cool. In fact, you're right, that's something that I'm sure was really difficult film. And I think that just having one character sitting on the couch in the middle of it probably made it a little bit easier. If you had multiple characters in that scene while things are glitching all around them, that would be fab. But I'm, I would say quite difficult to film yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. But great touches in there uh, as well. And, and one other thing I have to say, we've complimented the performance of Elizabeth Olsen throughout the series. Her versions of characters throughout these sitcoms are fantastic. But this version of the, of one of the main characters from Modern Family, Julie Bowen, um, who plays Claire Dunphy, uh, in Modern Family is she is pitch perfect. Yeah. Elizabeth Olsen is pitch perfect on how she moves her hair when she's talking, how she reacts to the kids. It's so perfect. She's done yeah. such a good job uh, in this in the show. Definitely.
3: So, question. Mm-hmm. Do we think this is Emmy potential? I know, the performance I think deserves one. I think it's on that yep. level. Yep. Do we think that they would give like a best actress to Elizabeth Olsen for one division. Like usually, I think they should. I think Absolutely. they
0: should. Yeah, the Emmys are show. the Emmys actually well known for not being like the Oscars. They're not exclusive to genre TV by any means. I think actually the challenge for it is because it's coming out right now, and the Emmys yeah. yeah. for this year have already been awarded. And by the time it comes around next year, does anybody remember a show that came out in January twenty twenty one? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I mean, unless it's a long running series. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And this yeah. is so, may not
3: be. This probably yeah. may be.
0: So it may be something that, that we'll see for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which will stretch throughout the summer, and Loki, which will stretch throughout the summer, potentially something in there, a character in there, maybe the one that will get the nomination for Disney Plus, uh, or it'll be The Mandalorian next year, or whatever, yeah. whatever the next big Disney show that's on next year, you know?
2: Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a little skeptical that it, they would get that nod, I yeah. guess, from the Emmys. I think, if anything, it would be something like The Mandalorian, and that's mm-hmm. not because I don't think it deserves it, I just, kind of just don't really kind of get that sense of it I mean i I think like you know if all of Westview ultimately die as a result of this and it's really dark maybe
0: but i uh, <laughs> I guess um that's not gonna happen but they have categories for comedies and musicals and that kind of stuff and I think the the reason why I think it might be a good contender for it and it's a really good question Chris is because it's so reverential to television over the decades like that's something that People who are in TV and want to give awards for TV will go, look how reverential they are to our entire history as a as an entertainment industry as well. So that's a, that's a really good Well, question. then, yes, they're going to get it. <laughs> there you go.
3: In that case, my <laughs> yeah. uh, one thing is obviously it's just it, it's – I've had to push people uh, to this show. And it was like, oh, isn't that like the superheroes? And I like, guess it, it's based on Marvel character superheroes. It's, yes, the Avengers. Yeah. But it's so much more. And they're like, yeah, but it's isn't there, like, capes and flying and stuff? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah there, okay, there is, but, like, it's that yes, but, I think, could yeah, be the and cause.
0: It, yeah. In I, fairness, as it's gone on weekly, the audience has now surpassed anything that I think even Disney were expecting. It's now among the top five trending yeah. shows in the world yes. at the moment. So it has is, it is certainly gone past the audience that, that yeah. was expected. And the audience was expected to be huge.
2: Yeah, I, I I would love to see it win an Emmy. I think sometimes with, for me though, and it, that's one of the things from this episode and, you know, we're going to come to it later, but I think what Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany have done, as you say, Chris, that, and, and you say, Derek, about the TV over the time since the 60s, the 50s, all the way through to uh, the present day, that different slight kind of slant on the character uh, that they're portraying in, in the in the sitcom and but that is is amazing and really good and the same with um all the different um actors involved in in westview but i i think that sometimes for me there's a slight disconnect and it happened in this episode like the whole thing with the the vehicle trying to get through the wall, it just kind of completely yeah. fell flat for me. I just didn't get it. It's like there's a lot of thought you can see being put into Westview and then it's like they it just yeah. almost didn't need it. Why didn't you just have Monica pushing through back through the barrier? We will and, definitely talk about that. Um, yeah. And it's yeah. like, you know, always in the back of my mind, because we're talking about, you know, this the office style and all of that. I know it's not relevant outside the hex, but I was just there going, all these people would be fired the next day. It'd be like (laughs) P-45 because they've just
0: effectively gone against the chain of command. Potentially. Um, we will definitely like- talk about that in, in a moment. Um, anything else about the style of this episode on, on uh, the Modern Family style or The Office? I, I know one other thing to call out, the the theme tune to the episode. First one that doesn't have words in it, and it is based on The Office uh, theme tune. I think a little bit of Parks and Rec as well, which are both based in the same universe, basically. But uh, but yeah, that's, that's the other kind of piece they took from the reality TV shows as well. Um, what I wanted to call out in the next section in our note number two, Vision meeting Dr. Darcy... What I did find a little bit weird about this is when Vision wakes back up, it actually does feel like he is also part of the sitcom still, even though he's supposed to be a bit more self-aware than he was uh, in the last couple of episodes. Um, at this stage, he's walked out and seen the real world for a couple of seconds and then fallen apart. But he does feel still a member of this comedy show, even though he's waking Darcy up from uh, from her conversion i suppose as she came inside which i just thought was interesting that we'd have paul bettany still playing the comedy role because that's not the vision that we saw in the movies so are they are they saying that this distinctly is not the vision that we've seen this is a reprogrammed vision who doesn't have those memories which we've heard a few times now but is he not the same character that we that we saw for those decade or so in those movies.
2: I don't think he is. No, he he's definitely not the same vision. Um and we get that with Darcy explaining his background. You know, mm-hmm. we had it with Agnes uh around the telling him he was an avenger yeah. and him just not being aware of it. And you have Darcy then here explaining the events of Infinity War, his multiple deaths, mm-hmm. um, all all of that. <laughs> it's um, a hilarious scene though. Yeah, really. <laughs> it, it it is, but it it's he doesn't understand that. So I I think he, whilst he's absolutely cognizant of what's going on, he's still in that world of what he's been living through. Even though it's for nine days, that's his life as far as he's aware. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why you get him then going, "Why am I sat here?" As you said. Yeah. Doing this um, response to camera in in this documentary style, I just need to get back to um, my home exactly. to, with the the twins and with Wanda, yeah. Um, yeah. and why he he leaves the the farce uh, of the ice cream van or the food van at the crossroads yeah. because it's like I don't need to be doing this because this isn't real. It's like he,
0: uh, he, I can phase out and fly
2: yeah, home. Basically. Yeah, so yeah. he he is in a sense caught between what he knows and what he's experienced and all this new information that he's yeah. received in the last few episodes as he's become aware of actually what's going on. Yeah. So um I, I guess that's how... I see Vision here, yeah. um, but he's certainly not the same Vision. I mean, he even needs to be told that he comes from Jarvis. That's um, true. Yeah. So,
0: like, his actual origin, yeah. like, he has no idea. Because his response is, you know, I've learned everything that Wanda went through, and I suppose me, but it doesn't feel like me. It feels like somebody completely different. So, yeah, he's, he's very clear on that. Um, there's always been calls for, for Lewis from, um, from the Ant-Man movies to do a recap of the Marvel 23 movies that have happened so far, the Marvel Cinematic Universe in his style. I'd love to see Darcy do that for all twenty-three movies because her version of what's important to keep in and and uh, give the give the impact of what's happened to uh, to Vision was hilarious. I thought it was really really good. Um, <laughs> yeah. But one of the things here that's, that we probably should talk about really quickly—we talked about last week what we hoped she'd be when she entered uh, the Hex. She's an escapologist, escape artist.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. My response <laughs> is that that was a missed opportunity um but no it's not it, it makes sense she's she's an escapeologist within a circus um but also yeah not it wasn't gonna happen it, it wasn't not it, it's like many things in this episode they have dashed our hearts with an opportunity and a, a faint um, when they could have made her a cafeteria worker Uh no they have gone as a um Escapologist, and I I did like that. That is her whole thing. She's escaping sword.
2: Yeah, I did like her actual escape as well from the change. That was that was pretty good, and I I think to to the point where you know Vision and Darcy in comedy roles Mm -hmm. were there. Where where Vision is kind of freeing her mind so that he gets Darcy rather than this escape artist. Um, I love all the foreground background noises that are going on are as hilarious. you know yeah. from the the horns, the beeps, the trumpets, the roars, yeah. the whips, popping yeah. bell, all this kind of stuff. It is really funny, and uh, just the whole thing with the. And um, what the strong man who's trying to get them into the big top to follow the, the line tamer. And, yeah. um, and it's just vision in sort of that British apologetic mood where no, the, the agent double booked. We're really sorry. We've got to get to another thing. I just thought that was really, I, I loved how that played out yeah. in, in the the the, the fairground yeah and um, environment with everything going on i thought that was really funny absolutely absolutely i
3: i pretty sure that strongman was the guy who got the tv for her at the very 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 first up ep- or the second episode where we met darcy that's the that's the sword agent who was right like, when really she... mean and rude to her
0: i could see that yeah and she does get to punch him in the nose uh as well which is which is pretty good
3: <laughs> I, and yeah, I, I absolutely love Darcy here. Like, this was fantastic. It, it, the pre awakened Darcy, even. Oh, fine, I'll go out with you, but I'm, but I, I get lobster. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was just fantastic. I really, really enjoyed. Again, I, like Michael Pena, uh, Kat Dennings is just one of these really fantastic, um, kind of, you want to call character actors or actors who just embody this character where they, they, they've really become that character very well. And yeah, like Darcy Lewis is this, she is the us in the Marvel Universe. Wowed when Thor, um, kind of first comes and talks about Asgard and the aliens. It was just a normal person and now is enamored to the point that is an, is a doctor in astrophysics, um, and knows about cosmic background radiation because of this superhero explosion. She is the us for the Marvel Universe. And I want to see more of them. Like, I, there is discussion of a X File like swords uh, TV show in the, like being pitched where Jimmy Woo and Darcy will be that. Now, again, it's being pitched, but those are the it's types. It's not of being
0: pitched. It's it's people on the internet seeing something they like and going spin it off into a TV show. We had this with every show we've covered for the last couple of years that everybody sees something they like in a show and rather than going, this is a great thing in this show, they want to spin off with it. <laughs> spin offs never work, <laughs> right? Uh, but we have had seven seasons of. Of shields, which was basically that. So, uh, so go watch Shield. It's all available on Disney Plus, and it's an excellent show. Did yeah, and did that work, Derek? Yeah, it was great. Yes. It's one of the best shows that Marvel have ever it done. It did. Yeah. It did. One of the things I do wonder about this episode, as as lots of things are being revealed, um, I think this is going to be a bit of a theme about our our points in here is, are we pushing ourselves towards disappointment by coming up with the theories that we're coming up with? Uh, and I mean, everybody that's watching the show has so many theories. Um, there's a couple of things that were revealed in this episode, and this is one of them. Just that little thing of everybody was talking last week. Oh my God, Darcy's going into the show. Is she going to be uh, playing her character from Two Broke Girls? Well, no, because they're creating a whole set of a, of a circus. Everybody's a clown around her. So of course she's sitting right there chained to a car. She's going to be an escapologist because that's exactly what you would do with that as a scene. So us creating these ideas of what we think is going to happen in the future maybe we're setting ourselves up for disappointment i thought the scene was great and i thought what she did was really good and i don't think they would have built an entire set of a cafeteria so that they could give her that moment in a row
2: well (laughs) i think the only thing they could have done to you know reference that is because there was the mobile food van so she could have been behind (laughs) the counter of the mobile food van but the thing is what they did was they took the fact that she had been handcuffed to the the vehicle yeah. by sword and put her as an escape artist, exactly. which is which is really good. Yeah. It, it's it makes sense, and ultimately the scene of her as the escapologist is so short, yeah, um, that in some respects
0: it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, and, no, and can- we have also been delivered with that great moment in the show where you have. Your main character, one of your main characters, vision going, I have questions. And Darcy responding to him going, I have answers. Yeah. It's like, it's that moment where we've been waiting for for a while. Somebody going, I have the answers for you. But you kind of forgot, or well, I kind of forgot that she's not giving him answers. It's not like she's able to tap him on the shoulder and go, your vision from the Avengers. Oh, I remember everything now. She's actually giving him loads of new information about who Vision outside of Westview was, effectively, and what's been happening inside. So, uh, so that's that is interesting that she's that she's done it that way. And uh, thanks for explaining it to me earlier on. Let's get on to our commercial breakdown, gentlemen. And the centre of our show there is an advert in here for the Nexus. What does it mean, guys? Centre of, of all reality. All reality.
2: Yes, Maybe. snap. Do you need to escape reality? Fellow defenders. Yes. Um Yeah, this is I love this um commercial breakdown, just purely from a commercial point of view, because it's selling a drug, an antidepressant. And I mean, I know whenever it's just I guess it's for non-Americans that go to America and watch TV mm-hmm. and see the amount of drug adverts were effectively something that is supposed to help ends up sounding as though it's going to kill you because of all the (laughs) side effects. It's a really kind of... My my brain can never process sort of pharmaceutical ads in in the u.s because i'm like going is this just going to make things worse when i take this because all that sort of conditions after it really sounds like it's just going to not help at all and and here i just love that the antidepressant comes up with the whole side effects thing i thought in a really kind of fun way you know make us more depression confronting your truths you know um your feelings your your true feelings and so i thought this was just purely on that sort of straight level was really good and and a real nice funny nod to those crazy pharmaceutical
0: ads and isn't the last one may not actually cure depression
2: (laughs) (laughs) no it may cause more depression depression. so it's like it is that whole thing where it's Mm -hmm. like this doesn't sound like it's gonna help people um i think i might just take paracetamol for everything you know
0: (laughs) And um, so, really, really good. And this one, probably a pretty clear reflection of what we're seeing on the show with Wanda, specifically in this episode. She's depressed. She's lost control. And this is telling you you can be anchored to reality or a reality of your choosing <laughs> by yeah. taking this Nexus drug, which seems quite similar to what we've seen Wanda going through.
3: Yes, and no. Yes, in that it, she, it, the, that part of it, the depression, it's it's on the nose. The the nexus being the center point in that Wanda is the center point. She is the nexus of this. It is all controlled and goes through her. In that mm. that it's that's like she is the nexus. She has control there.
2: When you say, Interest. see, this is the thing. That's, I, that's a very interesting take, Chris. That is given diff- what all different. point five is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> product being advertised here is called the Nexus, which brings up lots of comic book possibilities and also just the general idea of a Nexus, a center of, of something yeah. as well.
3: Yeah. So my, my, my big bit is as soon as they started saying Nexus, I went down the rabbit hole in my head going, Oh my God, they're going to do the Nexus storyline. Oh my God, Agents of Atlas. Oh my God, Vampires. Oh my God, Multiverse. Oh my <laughs> God, they're going to make one of the Nexus of realities. Oh my God. And I just literally had to stop myself mm-hmm. because yeah. as you just pointed out earlier, I was like, oh, I think, unfortunately, I used the term before, burden of knowledge. Mm. And I think that's essentially what we're doing because we have the burden of knowledge of Kat Dennings playing this two poor girls. It would have been like, we're writing better shows in our minds. Uh, Same thing <laughs> that happened the last season uh- of... Game of Thrones. I
0: say different shows than better. Sorry, shows. different, <laughs> different.
3: We're, we're basically we're we're running so fast ahead of them mm-hmm. of the writers going. Oh my gosh, you did! And like, there's probably reasons they didn't do X, Y, Z, whatever. Yeah. So I'm now I'm, I'm taking a step back. Mm-hmm. I will happily discuss all the theories in the world, but I'm not going to get upset. Depending on who, what, where, when, how the show ends, or who's introduced, not introduced, who is the big bad, who's not, because it's a story they're taking us through. Because, yeah, would it be cool if they start bringing in the nexus of realities? Hell yes. yeah! Yes, yeah. Will they bring in Atlas and like Machine Man and Gorilla Man? Um, if they bring in like all uh, uh, Morbius, uh, all of Jocasta, all of these really cool, ca- like no. Like, that that may happen years from now, but, like, I was sprinting as soon as they made it. Yeah, yeah. And what all essentially probably was an Easter egg. Going, hey, you guys know what a nexus of realities is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're going to call it that, just as a nice wink, wink, nudge. nudge.
0: Exactly. And this show has two half hours left, potentially. We'll probably talk about that later on as well. Um, Yes, we will. And they'll close out the show and there will probably be bits of this show that will be taken into future shows and future movies and all the kind of stuff. We've learned that that's the approach that Marvel have been taking for the last decade of doing their movies is taking little bits of things that are in their shows and, and moving them on or movies and, and moving them on to other shows and movies in the future so um so yes there's a, the possibility that this reference to a drug called the nexus which anchors you to reality or at least a reality of your choosing um is a bit of a gag on wanda but the name itself does have comic book uh rem- ramifications as we said it so, really
2: does yeah, yeah exactly
3: but let's move on to point number 4. Mm-hmm. Um because this is a bit of a big one. Oh yes. Um I do like how you call it out here. This point is called here comes spectrum.
0: Mhm. Yes, we have Monica fighting her way back into the hex after being warned by Dr. Darcy that uh, her DNA will get rewritten once again if she goes back in through the nexus. She went in once, out once again, and now the third time back through. um, We have this idea that she could be, uh, something bad could happen to her effectively, but yeah, this is the introduction of monica rambeau the comic book character with superpowers effectively yep but should we talk about the the kind of elephant in the room another one of the theories that was out there (laughs) uh, that kind of seemed disappointing in the show but makes total sense the person that monica was reaching out to was a person that works in sword um, an aeronautic engineer in sword that is uh, going to build uh, this vehicle to get her in through the hex uh, in in past the hex so is that disappointing because we all thought it was a really big thing or are they hiding something again in plain sight i have a theory i know yeah
3: go on what's your theory
0: my theory is that they are hiding something in plain sight that possibly this uh character introduced as major goodner who worked with maria rambo is potentially one of the scrolls that we met in captain marvel um i have a feeling this show has to tie the scrolls in somehow remember that Uh, Monica and Maria were very heavily involved in them and the scrolls back and saving them back in Captain Marvel. Um, there was a character that was in there, the daughter of Talos, uh, who was the main scroll that we saw throughout the the movie. Uh, she was unnamed uh, in the movie; uh, we never got a name for her, but we did see that herself and Monica formed a friendship. They were uh, sitting on the stairs, I think, playing Uno, the card game together. Uh, in this yep. episode, we saw the two twins playing Uno, so and so it's a little uh, callback to that, possibly. Um But potentially, this is the scroll that Monica has been working with for a number of years, and she's taking on the persona of. Major Goodner in order to hide on Earth still all these years later. We know there's a show coming up called Secret Invasion, which will feature Nick Fury uh, and Talos um, in that show, which is involving scrolls as well. So potentially this is maybe a setup. We may see at the end of the series, Monica shaking the hand of Major Goodner and she reveals that she's a scroll. That might be a way to do it. Um, but yes, a lot of pressure on this scene to deliver. Uh, I think people were thinking everything from this is where Tony Stark appears to this is where... um Mr. Fantastic appears in the show and it will be revealed who the the uh, actor playing the Fantastic Four in the Marvel Universe will be. And it turns out to be a member of S.W.O.R.D. in here. So uh, it may be something more. It may it may just simply be that what was actually introduced here is a Marvel Universe character into the into the TV show. Is that not big enough for us? <laughs> You've got Spectrum here now, a character in the universe created by this scene effectively. So uh, what do you guys think? I think for me, i really like your theory because that
2: would elevate this whole thing. And uh, there still must be some significance to this aeronautical engineer. And that's why I kind of like your theory (laughs) because it would give it that oomph. Okay, it would be a retrospective Uh oomph, but I think in the moment, it was just Major Goodner okay, who's this? Oh, it's just someone from S.W.O.R.D. And because it was very kind of just procedural, that it was, you know, one of them um, mate's colleagues from S.W.O.R.D. coming in with this vehicle, um, which was equally a bit of a letdown. I mean, it looked cool as anything, but yeah. then um really couldn't match up to the energy field. Um, it was a
0: really weird one, wasn't it? It was like, Monica, this is made to your exact specs, and then it fails miserably trying to get in through the hex.
4: Yeah, right? yeah
2: exactly. And I, I think it was kind of... I didn't I like the vehicle was rewritten I I did like the the SFX with it being half um a a normal car mm. and half of it still this this heavily fortified sort space of vehicle. space vehicle yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess the reason why Monica had to escape it was in case she got rewritten into the metal of it, I Maybe. guess, or something like that.
0: Yeah. Well, and because
2: I wasn't entirely getting that, I just assumed that if it was rewritten, then she would be a passenger in exactly. that. So, yeah. But she'd be a character
0: in the show and lose her memories was the thing that she was yeah, trying to avoid.
2: But that could still happen... Going forward, uh, yeah. and maybe the protective shell wouldn't have allowed her to have become spectrum like we see when she goes through, mm-hmm. uh, just as herself. But, um, I, I kind of just feel should have just dropped the vehicle and, and, and gone through. And again, it's like I said at the start, I always, um, I know it's based on comics. I know that there is always this thing about, um, you know, going against what I guess the authority figure within an organization says. So in this case, Heywood and I get, I get he's the evil person, but I was just there kind of going like this. Didn't feel right. I just wish she had walked
0: through, actually, in mm-hmm. the end. Um, because... She connected with this team yeah. that had provided her with a tool that didn't work, and she yeah. just walked in.
2: Because yeah. S.W.O.R.D. is still in the area. They've got their temporary mm-hmm. base. You know, they've effectively just taken a bit of kit and are doing something on the fly without any authorization. And I'm just there going... I wish I could do that in my own workplace. I mean, that would be great, you know, and then get all the praise for it. But it, it, it's that slight disconnect. It, it, it's that trope of what happens, which, you know, very rarely do you see that. And so it takes you out of the moment. And I, I think that was what I was alluding to. I was just there going, okay, these people are being court-martialed then in the next episode, <laughs> uh, locked into prison. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and woo. Uh, chain of commands, you know, you think of with shield and, and all of that. How Nick Fury has the chain of command. Um, th- this felt like a coup within it, and but I guess that maybe lends your theory about Major Goodner being a Skrull a, a bit more credence because Major Goodner says, you know. We've always been loyal to you. Mm. And so it felt like, you know, very personal in in that moment from Major Goodner to uh, Monica. And so, you know, the actual whole thing of Monica becoming Spectrum was cool. Her pushing through the barrier, seeing her her vision uh, and seeing all the spectra uh, around the electricity cables yeah. a- and all that, I thought was really, really cool. I guess she could control it really quickly because she kind of just like shook her head as though she was kind of getting a-, a bit of sort of something out of her hair yeah. and she- her eyes returned to normal. So that's kind of pretty good control of her powers yeah. very quickly. It's but- just the
0: birth of her powers. And we don't really know what the powers are going to be in the show as well, but I have to say you're totally right. That scene as she pushes through, which shows all the different Versions of Monica we've seen in the series all breaking apart, and she kind of pulls them back together with a little bit of inspirational voiceover. Yeah, it was really cool. And my, I have to say, my favorite scene in the series because we do have Nick Fury uh, appearing in here. We have the voice of Nick Fury saying that you won't be able to fly like. Uh, Carol Danvers, unless you can shine like her, which is the inspirational quote that that we heard from him back in Captain Marvel. So we have our Nick Fury appearance for the series.
3: Woo! Yay! We are in the <laughs> MCU.
0: Um, we have uh, Maria Rambeau talking as well, and we have Carol Danvers as well. We have all three of those characters um, kind of talking their big moments or saying their big moments to uh, to Monica, which I thought was really cool as she creates herself into this superhero by pulling in the power and and kind of resisting being rewritten almost but yeah th- that's kind of seems to be how the creation is but i'm sure we're going to see more of her powers as the next episode comes out really yeah so.
2: and i i guess for me as well just because her surname is rambo which is like mm-hmm. rambo and sylvester stallone yeah. seeing multiple rambos and um, and he was in Guardians of the Galaxy, so I just assumed <laughs> sure. there was a nice little reference to uh, Sylvester Stallone and name. his character That's in Guardians. That's a really, of the
0: really uh, interesting connection there, John. Especially, it's no connection. Uh, <laughs> it's just my weird mind <laughs> making all these connections. Didn't Monica Rambeau come out in the seventies, and the uh, Rambo movies were mid eighties, right? So, uh, yep. so she she does predate and spells her name differently. Well, that but, is true uh, yes, yes. as well. But it also lends credence to my theory that, uh, and not just theory, my absolute assertion that Shield is nothing like S.W.O.R.D. John. S.H.I.E.L.D. has got a chain of command. S.W.O.R.D. has people going, hang on, acting directing director Hayward? Well, if Monica Rambeau had been alive, she would be director of this place. We don't trust Hayward. He's just lost half of his team. We are absolutely willing to go against him and support Monica. (laughs) I I do have a quick counter-argument to that
2: because... Effectively, Hydra did infiltrate S.H.I.E.L.D., so they also didn't know that people were going off-grid That's and true. doing other stuff, yeah. despite all the secret kind of talks to the ear. I mean, <laughs> it's like, surely someone noticed that a lot of people in S.H.I.E.L.D. were suddenly sort of getting in quite close and intimate to different people just to whisper in their ear. Well, it's like... These people have got a lot of secrets. If you're a spy organization, <laughs> they should have noticed it with all their tech. It's all about compartmentalization, John. <laughs> yeah,
3: or whispering and tickling each other's ears. That's yeah. it. Or, the, or maybe
2: that there was some newfound relationship about to blossom as they exactly. kind of going in for a quick sort of like tongue in the ear. Or S.H.I.E.L.D. are a very close agency.
3: Yep. <laughs> um, so, my two cents. I I like the idea of this. It would be perfect as a tie-in for uh Secret Invasion. Mm-hmm. That the the Skrulls have been part of S.W.O.R.D., that they are working, they're living among us, that the the refugees are here, Earth is doing that and essentially Secret Invasion is about a splinter splinter offshoot of Skrulls who are bad. So it's then Fury and some scrolls, uh, as part of Sword, mm-hmm. trying to save mm-hmm. or go uh, stop this splinter secret invasion of other bad scrolls. Yeah. That would be cool because this was the, they. They have said that this, like in interviews, that the the engineer would blow everyone's mind.
0: Oh, did they? Like that?
3: And yes, that was the thing. Like oh, I they heard said nothing that about revealed. I heard loads of people
0: thing. on the internet saying. The engineer's gonna blow everybody's mind. <laughs> I never saw yeah. an interview with anybody saying that actually. But, so, in an interview,
3: yeah. apparently. So, what I think that this is either a double bluff or it's something that got away from. Them. Right. And I think that's the thing. I think this is a, this like, yes, because it was everything from Riri Real Williams to Mr. Fantastic to, uh, like, you name it. Mm-hmm. And, but the trouble is they did call out her guy multiple times mm-hmm. like it wasn't just, i got a person they'll get us this thing it was i got a guy i have a guy this guy the guy's gonna meet us over the hill mm-hmm. like it was called out enough that it should pay off if not unless yeah. later on yeah, exactly it has to pay off because if it doesn't then it, it was a bit of a, a dropped egg
2: yeah exactly and let's face it you know it was never going to be Reeves Richards and no. um, like it's as you say it's it's just having that lovely sort of ability to just go off in multiple tangents I guess part of it yeah. a bit like with my Rambo reference it's um it, it's partly the lockdown cabin fever you know <laughs> it, it's sparking everyone's imagination to yeah. take them out of of lockdown yeah. or whatever and as you say burden of knowledge so and I I think that's why you know it being a scroll, as, as Derek's theory is kind of the, um, we, it is, it's really good because it, it yeah. does kind of, some payoff retrospectively, I think, m- will be going to happen Maybe. with Major Goodner, just because, yeah, it was kind of signposted a number of times mm-hmm. and, um, But who knows? Maybe it isn't. As you say, maybe it just got away from them. And and ultimately, this is not really going to have much uh, impact at all, I guess. Um, I I think the bigger impact here is obviously Spectrum um, and uh, Monica getting these powers by pushing her way through, um, this, this hex energy field mm-hmm. and, and with the changes to her, her, her DNA structure yeah. that happens, which was really, really cool. And she does get. A superhero
0: landing as well. Yes, in, she in does, this, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah, as as Wanda pushes her backwards, she lands exactly like the a proper superhero landing. Very cool. Um, a couple other things to pull in from this episode and other episodes. Remember, Wanda strengthened the barrier to the hex before, so yeah. Monica hasn't traveled through the hex with Wanda's power incorporated in it. So that also could be the reason that she's become Spectrum. A little call out as well when uh, when Wu and uh, Monica are traveling over to meet. The, the engineer, they uh, they talk through uh, the email that Darcy had sent them. They now know that Hayward's plan was actually to get the sentient weapon that is Vision out of the hex. He had no plans about Wanda at all. His plan is getting his sentient weapon back. So we know that is confirmed now. Um, we have the, uh, the moment when Monica is channel- challenging Wanda, telling her all of this information, saying that Hayward is the bad guy. Do not make yourself the bad guy here. So kind of... Contravening one of the other theories that we had earlier on the like last episode, actually, that Wanda's the big bad for the show. Um, Monica specifically calling out, don't make yourself the big bad here. The bad yeah. person here is Hayward because what he wants is a weapon and that weapon is vision. So, um, yeah. Yeah.
3: Project Cataract.
0: Yes. Yeah.
3: Clearing your vision. Did we not say that
0: last week? Yes. Like project Cataract has something to do with vision. Then. But I hope yes. we said that on the podcast at we least. We did. we must well, have done. We didn't
3: say it on the podcast. We said it to each other because yeah. last, literally, I remember, I made the joke, clearing your vision. Mm-hmm. And I then, when they called it out here again, I went, Oh, oh, no. <laughs> it's that's like, that is, I work in a company where project names usually are re- ridiculous mm-hmm. and this is one of those like it's at a certain point it's like how on the nose can we call this project <laughs> Let's it's okay it's about vision we need to wipe vision we need to make mars we need to clear our vision yeah. we're going to call it project cataract you know clearing the vision yeah, yeah let's do it yeah you go you
0: absolutely see that you know you can absolutely yes. see that they would they would do that in this type of organization uh I, those are my main collets um that, that I got and kind of the connections now. We're up, we're up to episode eight. We now have the proper reveal that Hayward is not a bad guy. He's doing what he thinks is important to save the world, like the armor around the world that Tony Stark was looking for. Yeah. He's looking to use vision to protect the world from extraterrestrial threats. He lost him because Wanda came in to steal him and he's hidden within the hex. So that's his plan. So that, so we have that reveal. Anything else about that before we go on to the other? Big reveal from the episode.
3: <laughs> it's going to pay off more. There's more to it mm-hmm. than the, like it, it. This is the setting up of a new, a bigger thing. Like it's, it's a hundred percent. Like it's not just going to end with this. It's, there's similar to like what, like Project Rebirth, um, with the, the creation of Captain America. Um, the, the, like that has paid off huge dividends in the comic books. Yeah. Um, it's going to do the same. This is like, there, there is Project Cataract. This is one that's going to go for similar to, um, Howard Stark working for S.H.I.E.L.D. and S.H.I.E.L.D. like all the way, all these little things like the, the world of tomorrow being an actual secret arc reactor and like all going all the way into Civil War, playing a part in Civil War and the winter. Like they're gonna tie all. So yes, this is a Project Cataract will, at some point be called back. If not at the end of this, it will mm. be in something else.
0: Yeah. Per- perhaps just one other thing that I forgot to mention. The the one scene that we had of Hayward in this episode was him saying that the operation's about to begin. They're effectively, yeah. seems like they're going to napalm uh, Westview to get back vision. That's what it feels like. It's some massive operation that they're just on the cusp of delivering. So Again, while he's not the big bad, he has a plan that he feels is right for the world of the people that were left behind by the people snapped away. That's his, that's his justification. Uh, As we always see with Marvel villains, they're always a little bit uh, more in depth than, uh, than some other, uh, villains in other, uh, in other stories. Um, so <laughs> it, feel, it feels, it feels, like, it does feel like we will see what his plan is, but his plan seems to be very violent and seems to be very exploding. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, I, I think the only other thing for, for me from Monica getting uh, her spectrum powers uh, and the superhero landing, I do like when she confronts Wanda. Uh, I like the response of Wanda where it's immediately, you know, the barrier goes up, you know, she gets her magic uh, fired up. But I, I like the how Monica appeals to Wanda mm-hmm. um, with her own pain and truth about loss and death. I think that's really... Really good. And I guess moving us into our, our point number five, it's, this is where then we get Agnes, um, coming in to, you know, she sees the two of them, um, from her, her window and goes out to effectively, you know, separate, uh, Wanda from Spectrum, from Monica. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at least at this moment, right in that moment, it's because it might kick off. Um, but it just leads to this, um, absolutely great ending for this episode, yeah. uh, from my side of things, um, which is, uh, our point five, which is it was Agnes all along.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I'm not going to sing the theme tune, <laughs> but it was
0: a great theme tune. It really, really was. Absolutely loved it. Uh, I will say, um, I'll t- totally call myself out here on this one. Um, as I've heard the theory from the beginning since before the show aired that this was Ag- Agatha Harkness, um, all I've been doing for the entire series is looking for clues of Agatha Harkness. Because I've said it multiple times in the show, I was going, there's nothing here, absolutely nothing here that tells you this character is Agatha Harkness. Um, I'm obviously wrong, but that's the good thing is they got me. Uh, and I think this is even more powerful than the show when they did, when the reveal actually hits. And it did land for me. This reveal that she is the big bad. She has been controlling, uh, everything from the start. It, it is the, is my understanding. Let's kind of go through it really quickly. So, um, so she's taken the twins. Um, they've disappeared. The, uh, Billy and Tommy are, are, went over to her house. They have disappeared when, uh, Wanda comes into the house. And then the explanation from Ag, Ag Agnes as she takes over, um, the mind i guess of wanda she uh she controls her with her purple power as opposed to wanda's red power uh, and then we see this flash through the previous seven episodes of what she has controlled since the beginning um i'm wondering if that opening scene which she walks in it's all in color she walks in changes into the 50s period costume and everything goes to black and white and then she gives a wink to the camera with the Uh, It was Agatha all along. Um, I'm wondering if that's saying that she did control the kickoff to these TV tropes from the 50s. Is that saying that she's the one that started it all and Wanda's been trying to use her powers to control what she can throughout the series? Is that what that means?
3: I I don't think so, personally. I am so happy and ecstatic and mad (laughs) and annoyed and just, it's... Mwah! To the reveal, um, I think very much they playing the blinder with this to the point where everyone, will, yes, they lent into. You're all gonna think she's Is It is like you're all gonna think it. She's not. She's not. She's not that person. Uh-huh. To get to the point where surprise, she is, yeah. and you're like, oh, really? That was good. To the point where, like, I was. I had called it out two episodes ago. I was like, no, she's a good person. Like, yeah. She was training. And then it's like, no, nope, surprise. She's one of the bads. Yeah. Again, I'm not, I'm saying one of. Uh-huh. I think there's, again, more to this. Yeah, it was just such a good reveal. It was so well done. The end goal, I don't understand. And I think that will come out over the next 60, 70, 80 minutes. Um, or like, if we have two thirty-seven minutes, it's going to be close to eighty. Uh, that's where I was going one time, not <laughs> just not talking about a previous, um, uh, rumor. But uh, yeah, I really don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, John? well, the the end goal is to tie it into multiverse of madness. Oh, so okay. I mean, I guess it you know for the showrunner, but what's yeah.
0: Agnes's and Agatha's? End but goal I,
2: I, here, think, I think well, she her character will be a vehicle for that. You know, we've now got another magic user mm-hmm. um you know as agatha says herself you didn't think you were the only magic girl in town yeah. so you know i guess she's there to help that along i i agree i i think there will be another bigger bad whether we'll see it in this it, it's again it, it's it's maybe it's too early in the next phase of marvel to be suggesting even though it's great to that you know it's mephisto or it's reed richards or whatever it is these are going to happen down the line you know effectively i think at this stage now that we know how marvel does it think 10 year timeline guys (laughs) yeah you know so like it's not going to happen here Uh, this is maybe just a a smaller cog in a vehicle to connect it to multiverse of madness who is she an agent for um we will need to find out as i say if the you know Multiverse of Madness, then it, it's potentially nightmare here. Um, mm-hmm. another person who can manipulate reality, yeah. um, and, and how this is fitting in—that's what I'm excited about to see. And I think what I really liked with with this Agatha reveal was that it was both signposted but really subtly. And you know, the theory was yeah. out there that it was it was Agatha, but then how it was played in the show it was still signposted i mean ultimately that witch's costume yeah it is a, a signpost it's a reference right. even though it's on halloween to yeah. that she's a, a magic user yeah. and um all these you know these moments where we were interpreting it as agency and there's something slightly different well it was yeah. um uh, now we get the reveal through the sort of you know, with the song titles about It's Agatha all along that she brought Pietro there, um we we have um that she kill spark as well um r.i.p (laughs) Uh, but i have to say i did laugh at that maybe i shouldn't have done as much as i did it was just her delivery was really good and just it's
0: just wonderful
2: and just how it finished off the the tune you know um and that maniacal laugh Mm -hmm. you know just all really really good and so i i I like the fact that i had convinced myself that it wasn't yeah and then it is yeah I guess as well. The other thing is, and it's something you mentioned, Derek. When after we just watched it, you know, Agatha Harkness. I mean, I probably have read zero comics that have her in, and if I read two, yeah. yeah. But what I mean is, just her character is. I'm not going to say a B character, but it, 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 oh, she's it,
3: oh, she's, yeah, she's she, D, she's exactly. D, she's like.
2: So again, that's another reason not. To think that it's going to be her, you yeah. know? Yeah,
0: and, and, and not everybody's a comic book reader and not everybody knows everything about Agatha Harkness. I joked the other day that when the character is revealed... All comic book fans would probably still have to Google who this character is. Um, even when the theories were out there months ago, everybody was probably Googling who this character yeah. was. Yeah. Because not very many people would know who this character is. There are some moments that she's been in the comics, but it's not like she had her own book at any stage, no. which went on for 10 years and had massive uh, re- readership. But the one thing about the character in the comics is that she's not a villain. There's not many, there's not stories of her being the villain. Yeah. She's a helper character. And in the show. She's here, a nurse.
3: She's a nanny.
0: She has been. Absolutely. And she's been a helper character for Wanda as well. Um, helping her use her magic in here. Yeah. She looks quite villainous. She's just taken over the mind yeah. of Wanda as the episode ends. And as we, as we hear in the theme tune for her and as we see in the scenes for the whole series, it seems like she's been messing with Wanda is how, is how it comes across from the lyrics that she's been playing her game and messing up the plans of Wanda throughout the last few episodes. So, um, so I, I'm intrigued. It's a, such a minor character to turn her into a villain wouldn't hurt anybody. Nobody would be pissed off exactly. if she became the bad guy. But in comics, she is a positive character let's say
2: yeah and, and to chris's point of uh being a nanny you know she is the natural logical progression of mary poppins here you know okay. the the dark sinister side of mary poppins and <laughs> the reason why i say that is again not because of lockdown cabin fever yeah. but because i think the really interesting thing with this is the children and in particular the twins yeah and um, the You know, she was asked to look after them. We still don't know where they are at the end of this. Um, We don't see them in the basement. And, um, you know, that has implications depending on what happens to the children uh, for Wanda, potentially. Again, that's reading into the comics and the burden of knowledge. Whether it goes that route is another matter. But it's a nice, interesting touch point um, that it could really... Um, crush Wanda if the the kids have been taken away, removed from this reality, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, so,
3: for me this reveal was everything and ev- anything, um, and I think that's the best way. I am now even more doubtful that she potentially is the bad guy. Like Okay. Beca- no, in that, basically the next episode they could go, she was, like you said, she was messing. So it's all about perspective. Yeah. Like, maybe she was doing this to mess with Wanda to make her better. Like hmm. it was, like it was Agatha all along. Could be it was always her trying to prod, to poke, to make Wanda more powerful. Okay. To bring her to a point where she could rewrite reality at a molecular level. There's so much more to this. Okay. So I, I do like the idea if they make her a bad person, like a bad guy, mm-hmm. or woman in this case. Um, like, it's interesting. There, the one thing I will say is there is going to be someone behind this okay. further. So, do you remember in Avengers, we had Loki, and then the, 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 the Chitauri, and then the Chitari was reporting into Thanos. Yeah.
0: As was Loki, yeah. yeah. As were
3: Loki. But Loki was going to Chitauri first.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: He was going into, we had the, the, the agent of the Chitari. But essentially... I think it will be on that. There is multiple. <laughs> so you've, we've had the Mephesto, we've had Nightmare, and now just because they showed the glimpse of a book on the desk, her grimoire, which probably is the Darkhold, which we've seen in the Runaways, which we've seen in, in Agents of Shield. Yep. And they, they quite yep. quite big piece there. You've now got this additional angle of, okay, it's Cathon. Now, well, hear me out. Okay. Hear me out. If it is the Darkhold, so the in the comic books, that book is one of is the uh, is a nexus for his power, all of his evil spells. Cthulhu is this entity on Earth. He he is linked to the creation of vampires okay. and werewolves in the Marvel universe. We mm-hmm. you know we have Blade coming up. We uh, he is known to corrupt. Uh, uh, multiple, um, uh, Marvel characters. Uh, Wanda is known to be, he is his ultimate vessel. Yeah. It's where he wants to possess who he wants to possess. Um, and he is known to possess well-known magic users. He corrupts magic users. Yeah. So potentially Agatha is good, was good. Mm -hmm. Potentially he's, she's been corrupted by this. and that is going to be the thanos of whatever like 10 years down the line like it's that kind of like i think that that this reveal for me was like i'm so happy by this you're you're twisting when i you were ziggy, as i always say they zigged when i thought they would zag Uh they 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 made me go oh my god like i even knew i knew this was coming and i'm still so happy with this reveal right
0: Excellent. And I think that's it. Yeah, I think I think once again we're we're projecting very far into the future. Yeah, and, and Taking lots of lots of things. One of the things that I would say is the Darkhold in in Agents of the Shield and and Runaways looks very different to this book. We know from Doctor Strange there are hundreds of magic books. Some really restricted magic books for very powerful magic users. Um, so it could be any magic book. It may not exactly. be the Darkhold. And um, so, I totally understand these these things are. Subject to what we actually will see on the screen. Will they have enough time to introduce another major big bad that will play out in this series? I'm not sure.
3: Can I just say one thing though? Yeah. Uh, in Doctor Strange, do you know how all the books are contained? What kind of shape? It's a hexagon! Oh, in the, Ooh, in the library, the, the uh, yeah, in the yeah. library. All the books are contained in a hexagon shape. Very good. Anyway, continue, sir.
0: <laughs> very good. Very good. I do want to bring in the post credit scene into this scene just to kind of have a little bit of explanation, I suppose, for what, where I think it's going with, uh, with Agatha Harkness, I suppose. I do think she's the bad guy, um, yeah. in a way. I think she's feeding off Wanda's powers. Um, we kind of have two options here of what's, of what could be going on with Westview. Either Westview turned into this captive city. And Wanda and Agatha are both in here battling with their powers, unbeknownst to themselves. They're battling with their powers, and Agatha is controlling it. Or Agatha's the one that kicked off Westview, and Wanda's fighting with her powers against the control of Agatha. Now Agatha ha- has her uh, captured in the basement, and as we see in the post-credit scene, uh, these uh, what are we what are we call them the roots that are in the basement yeah. of of yeah, yeah. Uh, Agatha's house, the creepy roots. Yeah, they're as we see in the or final vines, scene, yeah, I guess. we see them pulsating with the purple power of um, yep. of Agnes. So she's p- possibly drawing off the power of Wanda. She's possibly taking her magic powers and and forcing them into some form of containment for herself or a way of getting more power for herself. That's kind of what I would two. think are the two, two biggest options right now with nothing else uh, that could possibly happen in the future. Yeah. There's loads of other options, but... What we've seen so far, that's what I think is happening. One of those two.
2: I I mean, I I think as well, we have to remember, and it's to the idea of, um, you know, the the first moment we see Agatha arriving in the fifties, turning everything black and white. Wanda does say, um, she doesn't know how she got there. Yeah. Um, was she, you know, bringing vision here and that was it? Or, you know, again, with this, with the book, whether, the the tome of evil whether that's the dark hold or, or whatever um and with the containment of westview is that the battle to contain the book mm. wonder is actually the really good guy here because yeah. she is containing the book and there is this just battle and um, going on and Agatha, it was to try and make that amnesia for Wanda, so she has no idea what she's doing, and um, to try and gradually break it down. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it's interesting. Um. But I, I, I kind of feel that Agatha is the cause of the amnesia, uh, and maybe that's to depower Wanda, so that she's only just changing the glitches and time elements, yeah. um, and, and all of this. I also wondered. You know, we didn't see Ralph, and I kind of alluded to this in yeah. in the synopsis. Was he the rabbit? Is that the rabbit? Because she Scratches. seems quite attached to uh, the rabbit. She brings it down into you know ye oldie scary
0: place in her basement, yeah. um,
2: and, and so, we've seen that
0: rabbit from, rabbit from episode three or episode four. Um, yeah, so yeah. is Ralph the rabbit? And she did call him the star of the show when we when we were introduced to him first.
3: I think it's her son.
0: Yeah, there are there are loads of theories out there as to who it is. We have we have some feedback on it, uh, which we'll probably talk about later on. But again, uh loads of options here. Let's talk quickly again just about that final scene because this is the first post credit scene we've seen in the show. Um so show ends, Agatha saying she killed Sparky. That's the end of the episode. Um Wanda's trapped in the basement. But what what we actually see in the post credit scene is that Um, Monica is there. Monica is there to save her. She's found a way into the basement. She's opened those doors and is about to go in. And Pietro arrives, someone that we haven't seen uh, throughout the episode in a completely different looking outfit uh, from what we've seen him, uh, what we've seen him wear before as well. But uh, we know from, from the Agatha moments that he is uh, working with Agatha, at least, at the very least. If she hasn't just conjured him from nothing, she possibly has conjured him from this Ralph. Yeah. Husband that she's mentioned the is whole time. Is he Ralph? Exactly. Is he Ralph? Is he her son, as you mentioned, Chris? There's a possibility that that's, uh, that's who it is. Um, but yeah, who is he? But he is working with with Agnes.
3: Yeah. Snooper's going to snoop.
0: <laughs> what did you think of having a post-credits scene in the show?
3: I loved it. Yeah. Because the timing works that, yeah, the the, the first Marvel films had to ha in the uh, early 2000s or the late 2000s. Had the uh, Marvel, had the end credits scene. So it makes sense that before we hadn't had end credits because the era wasn't correct. Mm-hmm. Now the era is correct. It makes sense. Yeah.
0: It's interesting because it? do you think anybody was caught off guard by this uh, post credits scene? 100%. Because everybody's seen these nine minute credits at the end of the Disney Plus shows. Um, have people stopped? Sitting in the theater to watch yes. the post-credit scenes like we used to do with Marvel, have we been untrained by the first six episodes of uh, of WandaVision?
3: <laughs> the the fact now that it's happening, I was fair. I'm just. I was so happy. But yeah, no. It like from what I the reaction I saw on social media mm-hmm. uh, throughout the day before I got to watch because everyone. I think I think you said it first to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, staying watch after, and I was like, all right. And then it wasn't spoiled, but so many people going, "Oh my god, I missed this!"
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> and you're like, yeah, well, that that, that was. On purpose. They did this yeah. on purpose.
0: And luckily there's no Netflix style go to next episode after 10 seconds. So you <laughs> yeah, may have yeah. just stumbled over it like we did. We were writing our notes uh, for after watching it the first time and stayed watching the credits and, and saw this, uh, this bit. But because the credits have been so long and after they gets past the standard one division credits, um, there's nothing really to stay for. They're, they're very basic credits after that. Although they do have some awesome outro theme music in general, uh, that's it for our discussion about the, this episode of Wandavision. Loads more to come. We've got our feedback section, um, and we've of, of course got our uh, pub quiz question for this week. But Chris, do you defend episode seven of Wandavision breaking the fourth wall?
3: Hundred mm-hmm. percent. This is the one that I it brought me back like I like a super crack. I don't know. <laughs> I was trying to rhyme and that really didn't work out no. well. Um, no, 100%. This brought me, this, this for me was an episode that I was just glued to throughout. Um, very much so. I, again, maybe because I had more of a touchstone with my family and the, like, in terms of the timing. I don't know. It just, this for me resonated so well. I, was there the odd letdown? Yes, but it was more than made up for by the reveals and it's two episodes to go. And I just so much. I I want, like I wanted so badly for the next episode to be available. (laughs) Like more than ever. I was just like sitting there going, I don't want to wait until next Friday. Just give it to me now. (laughs) Now. But yes, I defend this episode. John, do you defend this episode of one division?
2: yeah I really do defend this episode of one loved it um I thought really, apart from a slight little glitch in in the timeline uh with the vehicle, I thought this was really really good um i I'd give it four and a half creepy purple creepers out of five <laughs> um i really I loved the reveal of um agatha harkness and um, you know, we've been talking about whether she was and just what level of agency she had and then kind of pulled back from it after what we'd seen. And then just to have the, you know, everything showing her little sort of inputs uh, in flashback to a jaunty theme tune uh, was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I love a jaunty theme it, tune. Absolutely. Um, I love the stuff with uh, Vision and and Darcy. I, I loved... Monica getting her powers um this was all just really great and I, I yeah. you know this again answers some questions to to the show but you know again how it's feeding into the next movie um which this show will uh-huh. uh is really good and I guess that book uh with its um uh, sort of little wispy powers coming from mm-hmm. it uh, down in that basement from hell um, well, you know, I can't wait to see over the next two episodes. So yeah, absolutely defend uh, episode seven, breaking the
0: fourth wall. And I wanted to check every single cabinet that was in that basement to see yeah. what other tools and stuff that Agatha had uh, had hidden down there. <laughs>
2: well, that's it. I was looking for. Cl- I know there was some symbols on the wall mm. above the arches, and I just couldn't really quite make them out. Whether right. there was something of significance there, certainly just because you have um that so. Uh, I need to just look into that a bit more, I guess.
3: Yeah, there was a symbol of Bahamut. Yeah. And um, there was a symbol of goat, uh, who, who, in the comic books, Bahamut looks more like a goat. Okay. And that looks like the symbol of the, what's on her brooch. Right. Um, so there was also, a, if you're to believe it, there was a kind of a weird 60, 90 number. Um, and that's, uh, Dark old, looks like the dark old, and that's Baha, um, Kathan. Yeah, like people are, like, I, on Twitter, and I'm, I'm waiting until we finish this, our, our discussion, because I didn't want to influence it, but there's. There are threads upon threads on Twitter. If you really want to go
0: there, Peeps, and, and And on Reddit and everywhere else. Yeah, yeah, a lot of threads. Absolutely. And there's, as I mentioned earlier on, loads of discussions over in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash TV podcast industries as well. Check them out. There's some really, really interesting theories. Yeah. I also defend this episode as, as you guys, I think it's really, um, been so much better for the three of us because we talked ourselves out of thinking this was <laughs> Agatha yeah, Park. Yeah. So the reveal is like, oh, great. Okay. It was brilliant. That's really good to see. Uh, so I'm, I'm really happy. I thought it was really cool. And seeing Spectrum being created in the show, having the creation of a new superhero um in the show is just so cool. So uh, really looking forward to seeing the powers of Spectrum in the next two episodes. And I think with ev- with all the discussion, all the talk and all the theories, what I love most about it is Literally anything could happen in the next two episodes. There's, I think, theories about 20 or 30 different possible characters that could appear in this show. And nobody knows. It's so, so well guarded. It's great. I love that about One Vision.
3: Yeah, I completely agree. (laughs)
0: Let's get over to the pub, boys. Oh, I wish. Um, John, can you give us this week's pub quiz questions?
2: Yes, fellow defenders. Episode 7 pub quiz
0: question is, what number house does Agatha Harkness live at in Westview? In this episode, importantly, we have seen the numbers of houses changed. We do see it in this episode. Some of our questions are difficult. Some of our questions are easy. I think this one's quite difficult. What? What? But what
2: is it again, John? What number, house does Agatha Harkness live at in Westview? Mm-hmm. It's a pub quiz. It's yeah. supposed to be challenging. Yeah. Yes, there is a constant tension here, fellow defenders. That Derek always wants to give so many clues away, no. um, whereas I'm kind of more kind of make it tough. Yeah, but if you have... Strict I don't think this is particularly tough. Um, I think it's very
0: easy to pause <laughs> and find it <laughs> on Disney Plus it's terrible to pause on Disney Plus every time I've been trying to find Easter eggs it takes me ages to go back and forth through an episode it's really annoying I much prefer having physical media where it's easy to pause stuff anyway uh, yes send in your answer to our pop quiz questions to feedback at tvpodcastindustry.com if you've missed any of the questions pop on over to tvpodcastindustry.com you'll see a list of each of the questions that we have send in your answers after the show is finished I think our cutoff date is about the 10th of March um, when we'll be recording recording our final podcast about division and pulling out the winner for the uh, funka Pops that we have.
3: But gentlemen, it's about time we walk on over to our feedback sections. First up, we have an email from the n- none other than Ethan Michaels. He has this to say. Long time listener, first time participant. Love listening to your show at work. Just a funny little thing. I wake up at four every day to work. I have off thursdays and fridays i wake up before i am in general because of my job and usually go right back to bed but i refuse to go back to sleep on fridays knowing there's an episode waiting for me mm-hmm. then i go back to bed watch it again in the afternoon anyway keep up the great work guys ethan thank you ethan uh-huh. i yeah that's oh, i hate wow ow ouch, night shift (laughs) but I guess the best part is like, what, a four hour sleep? You get to watch it and then go back to bed and then get up and then watch it again later that next day? It's a good way of doing it.
0: Well, literally this week uh, we have learnt that Disney Plus crashed for the first time uh, on the release of WandaVision, (laughs) which is middle of the night in the US. We're talking 3, 4am in the US and in a lot of states. So you know we're talking the middle of the night and Disney Plus crashes because WandaVision is coming out. Uh, they, They Probably we're hoping releasing it in the middle of the night as a way to, to to allow the world to watch the episode at the same time because nobody will stay up all night, but there's so many spoilers out there that everybody wants to just watch it. And people being in lockdown around the world probably helps that. It gives the opportunity for people to get up in the middle of the night and watch it. Thanks so much for getting in contact, Ethan. Uh, really good to hear from you.
2: Yeah, thanks so much, Ethan. Uh, another email through um, from Graham Russey. He goes, Hi, guys. Thanks again for another great series review. Regarding Monica's mysterious aerospace engineer, what is the common trope from all of the MCU films? A cameo from Stan Lee. Following on from the final episode of Mandalorian Series 2 and the recent Star Wars films, could WandaVision not use CGI to bring back a much-loved character? Graham. Thanks, Graham. Uh, yeah, that's certainly within the realms of um reality, oh, uh, Graham. I I guess. But... um yeah, I mean, who knows what they would do? Oh, grab! I'm I'm not too sure.
3: <laughs> I I would love it, but um, I because I do love Stan, but unfortunately, because he's passed, I think it would be a. I think it's still too soon. Yeah. I think in another couple of years they might do it as a, a nice surprise. Also, Stan's state is currently in a lot of uh, disruption. Uh, his rights, yep. the everything like that, based on. Family and, stuff going on. Yeah, like, it's all out in the news. Go if you want to read. Go to read. It's a terrible, very terrible story. Um, but for in five years maybe they'll do a nice like piece. But I think it's it's it would need to be done very very tastefully and yeah. like uh, there would need to be a lot of love and care put in similar to Carrie Fisher.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think some of the shows previously like just had. And I mean, TV shows just had posters of him.
0: You know, they could be
2: done yeah. in that way. All the Netflix I, shows. I guess. Yeah. All the Netflix um, shows. That
0: was the only cameo we got from Stanley. Yeah. Uh, I think it would be a bit insensitive at this stage if we, if we popped him into uh, to one of the TV shows as a CGI character. <laughs> I'm just not sure what they're going to be doing it. Yeah. But thanks very much, Graham. That's a really fun, uh, a really fun idea. Uh, another email we got in from Jerry uh, says, I just watched episode seven. I feel Marvel was trolling us with the engineer, uh, telling us how important important this person was. This was my least favourite episode of the series. It was slow in execution and the Darcy vision stuff was a big letdown for me. Agatha's revealed at the end was not a surprise. But she is not the big bad. She is doing things to get her son back, who is the rabbit, I think. She will do whatever it takes to get him back. Maybe she made the deal with Mephisto. The Nexus commercial is how we get to the multiverse, so Westview has to be the nexus of realities for the MCU. In the comics, the nexus of realities is a swamp in Florida guarded by Man-Thing. Love to hear your guys' thoughts, Jerry in Niceville. I could see from exactly what Jerry's saying, I think we talked about it earlier on as well, just that idea of building up where we think the show is going and and it not taking the turns that we expect. It can absolutely feel like a disappointment. I, for one, loved uh, Darcy and Vision together, I thought they they actually worked really well for me in the show. I'm glad we have some scenes with the two of them together.
3: Yeah, um, I already said I enjoyed it. I, I think again, I think that's this is the 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 burden of we rea- the burden of knowledge the burden of reality, the nexus of realities. If you want, it's the inter the one division is the the nexus of all of our theories <laughs> coming together into one place. Oh yeah. Uh, unfortunately, just not paying off for everyone. Not, I my advice to the listeners going forward for the next two weeks uh is just basically suspend all belief, suspend let, let them take us on a journey <laughs> well let i hope them so take us where they want
0: you have just listened to an error of us theorizing about what's going to happen so i'm sure you exactly. all have your own theories <laughs> uh interesting one again about uh about possibly um agatha trying to save her son who is the rabbit uh, yeah the real star of the show as i said uh, as he was introduced uh, that's so interesting i'd love to see how, they, how that'll play out yeah thanks so much jerry um and yes
2: uh the nexus being how we get to the multiverse maybe that's the only way we connect to
0: multiverse of madness maybe it's simply that um uh, but i am be telling interesting you, uh, to see i am telling you right now and if this was possible in the marvel universe Doctor Strange should be on the Jersey Turnpike right now, getting out to this place where magic is going on right outside of New York. You know, when Thor and Loki arrived in New York City to find uh, Odin, uh, Doctor Strange appeared instantly, trapped Loki immediately and brought Thor over to his house like he is on top of this stuff. You know, so he should be on the Jersey Turnpike right now.
2: Yeah, no, unless the hex, that energy field is the, the blind spot. Um, for him, you know, there, there is that. And true again, in terms of timelines, maybe he's got, he's dealing with a few other things at the moment, you yeah. know, but I think you're right there there's going to be that connection. So. I guess he might be winging his way down that turnpike mm-hmm. and as we speak. As we speak um, if, if the hex breaks down and, you know, his magical, uh, senses start a tingling, mm-hmm. dare I say it.
3: I, I love this, uh, but I, I more, I just would love to hear a, a certain, um, Jersey based, uh, podcaster, uh, known, um, for his other films. He's also a director to find out that Jersey. Westview, New Jersey, is the nexus of all realities. <laughs> um, I do believe Kevin Smith will go off on one and just, like, literally scream on a podcast. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear it.
0: This is how we get Kevin Smith into the universe. You want, you want <laughs> Jersey? We, we have Jersey. <laughs> Absolutely. Love it.
2: Yeah, thanks so much, Jerry. Um Also on email, a uh, Victor. Greetings, Derek, John, and Chris. What an episode. The Agatha Harkness reveal is a gas. Agnes was always a suspected accomplice, but this is huge. Not surprised she killed Sparky. Um, what could be Agatha's endgame? Mm-hmm. I remember Agatha as Franklin Richards, governess in the comics, um, probably won't translate here, uh, but Monica's bravery reminds me of other fictional captains even before her powers. Mm-hmm. The Hex plus two magic users is sure to attract the attention of Doctor Strange, And or maybe Dr. Doom. Remember, Doom's mother was a sorceress. The end theme reminds me of The Addams Family and The Monsters Themes. Hmm, I can hardly wait for episode eight. As always, looking forward to your podcasts.
0: Excelsior, Victor Von Doom. Victor, Um, I want to give you huge applause for tying in John's weird theory of Doctor Doom to (laughs) to these magic users (laughs) in Westview. Well done. done. It
2: really isn't a weird theory. These two are kind of like, I guess... Marmite and marmalade, or something like that. Bread and butter. I don't okay. know, like whether they're they whether they're well? c- okay. complementary or whether they are not complementary. Like marmite and marmalade. Yeah. Um, although marmalade <laughs> and cheese would be quite nice. Or marmite anyway, and the mouth,
0: which are not compatible. I either.
2: love Victor's <laughs> suggestion um, here. And again, yeah, your Doom's mother was a sorceress. Maybe, just maybe, um there is some elevation. I guess of agatha in this could think. be again i love this um it probably won't happen yeah but who cares it's <laughs> exciting because uh it, it really does uh get the old uh synapses firing as to what could be but i guess uh we'll have to see yes and uh yeah can't wait for episode eight as well Um
0: i think uh yeah, it's just going to be really good see eight and nine. Yep, no idea what's going to happen next. <laughs> Let's pop on over to Facebook feedback. Thanks so much for that, for all the emails we've gotten in.
3: First up, we have some feedback from Dave Horrocks. I think the creators probably wanted that reveal at the end to hit home a lot more. Mm-hmm. Lots to unpack in this episode, though.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: I, Yeah, I, I think it did. And I, I suppose it's just some of us, it didn't. It's a marmite. There you go. See, tying your back. <laughs> All about that marmite. We also got some feedback from Ray, who had this to say: "I think the reveal was cool for Agatha Harkness, but the jaunty song for Agatha felt a little flat. Oh. The most exciting thing for me in this episode was to see Monica's acquire, or at least trigger, her powers. So cool when Wanda looked surprised at Monica able to counter Wanda's hex." Mm-hmm. Vision and Darcy were humorous, but inevitably their involvement in this episode really didn't further anything. The space rover that arrives and the reveal of Goodner as Moniker's contact also felt a little anticlimactic. I guess with all of our speculation, our imagination got the better of me for this episode. Mm -hmm. I commented to Eve, if people and objects could be altered and the very reality itself, what good would a space rover going to have? Ultimately, this episode progressed to who is behind a lot of things, but I felt this episode perhaps overall was the least exciting so far. Still, very interested to see how they close this out. Though with the big bad revealed, you think the upcoming finale will be somewhat by the numbers. If I were to f- defend this, I'd still give it three purple vines always fun to see vision in a comedic performance oh i gotta say was a bit disappointed in denning's acting when it came to her being one of the circus troupe she still had that sassy attitude and not a painted smile kind of behavior but that team up was still cool Mm -hmm. thank you so much ray um yeah i think you hit the nail on the head i think it it's essentially we all um Our imagination speculations got the better of us Uh for a lot of this. I still think uh, three purple vines uh, is still a good score. So uh, thank you.
2: Yeah,
0: it's a, it's a recommend on our podcast. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. And I think, you know, everybody's refusing to accept that the big bad has been revealed. <laughs> so, uh, so there's still loads of possibility coming up. It's, it's like, the rabbit. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> it absolutely Can you, could imagine?
2: Be. <laughs> you know,
0: Maybe Agatha ch- changed um, Mephisto into a rabbit and now she's trying to use Wanda's powers to get the rabbit back to being yeah. Mephisto. It, it, it could be anything. It, it could. Saw the colonel in Watership Down. Rabbits are evil. Mm, some, some.
2: Well, the rabbit
3: is Ralph, guys.
2: I know. Well, that's my theory. Did you say that? Yeah.
5: Oh my god. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I wasn't listening to you.
0: (laughs) Or the rabbit is Pietro, who is Ralph. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Thanks so much, Ray. Our next piece of feedback comes in from Brandy Elise Anderson, who said, This episode felt a bit like episode four for me, answering some questions, giving us a few more, confirming some of my theories and setting us up for the next act, not to mention seeing it from Agnes's point of view as a montage version of seeing in the first three episodes from Sword's point of view. Questions. Did Darcy read the file or just send it to Wu? And if she did, why didn't she tell Vision? Yep. Also didn't seem like she told him about Wanda finding his body in pieces. Who is this group of Monica's? There seemed to be a weird moment when Major Goodner mentioned Monica's mom not being the only one they were loyal to. Gave me similar vibes as when Carol is mentioned. What is Hayward's plan? How does he think he could stop all this, especially after time? Interesting questions, Brandy. Um, I think we mentioned that, that we have a theory uh, about who Goodner is and, and, you know, what, what Uh, what that could possibly be, whether it will play out or not. uh, Only time will tell, I suppose. Um, My feeling on the reason why Darcy is uh, holding back some of the information is because she's basically trying to tell a person who doesn't have any memory of what happened to them in the past. She's trying to tell them what happened to them. So probably pull your punches a little bit in that maybe not the last time we saw you your body was in 25 pieces uh, being experimented on by uh, by this group from sword i can kind of understand why she would hold back but she is trying to tell him as she jokes trying to tell him the most important beats of uh, of what happened uh, to him in the past so that he can at least understand the context of why everybody is focused on the hex
3: yeah, very much like if you're going to tell people, oh, by the way, you were dead. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, before that, you were split into a beat, at least five or six different elements. They'd strung you out. Oh, and there's currently a project to de- deconstruct you and co- create you into a new, different being. Into if a weapon. Want to, yeah. yeah, into a weapon. But it's cool. Go focus on this other thing, this <laughs> other reality bending, warping uh, issue, and then we'll focus. Yeah, it, I think that's what it was. I, I very much agree.
2: Thanks so much, Brandy. Uh, Richard Blaze over on Facebook uh, says, Good episode. Not great and not the best of the series. Seem to be filling in a few gaps, ready for the last few now. Mm-hmm. Personally, yeah. though, I love the song at the end. And the extra scene makes you wonder how it's going to play out now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, there's definitely an element, as you said, about answering the questions and um, having that post-credit scene and also... Uh, just, yeah, Agatha's involvement to song is always good. <laughs> um, it. I think, and I really like the earlier suggestion that it was a monster-esque, uh, theme, like, uh, suggested by Victor. Mm-hmm. So that was really good as well. So, uh, yeah, thanks so much, Richard, uh, for that. Um, also on our Facebook group, Heather Wallace says, is it unseemly to gloat? <laughs> um, Agnes saying she bit a kid once doesn't bode well for the twins by the end. It's a bit Hansel and Gretel, isn't it? <laughs> I really like that suggestion, Heather. Uh, yeah, it really is. Um, and certainly with the the kind of the milk and I guess it was a sandwich or something or maybe some uh, sort of treats on, on the coffee table yep. when Wanda sits down. Um, yeah, maybe she has eaten them. Maybe they're in the oven roasting. She can, uh, she can whip up a meal pretty quickly, like we saw in episode one. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Heather goes on to say, my life goal is now to sachet down a path while winking at my audience over my shoulder, just like Agatha. <laughs> I think that is, um, a lot of people's life goals. It's certainly one of mine is to sachet not away, but yes, down and with a, a nice, Sexy wink.
0: <laughs> well, Heather, you have been predicting that it's Agla this since the first episode, I believe, from uh, from feedback. So um, you absolutely can gloat. And yes, with that knowledge, you can sashay away. Thanks, Heather. Uh, Also, that's some feedback from Alan Thomas over on Facebook. He says, Okay, the Agatha Harkness truthers got their satisfaction, but I stand by what I said before, which is that that if it turned out to be the case, I was going to side-eye the twist because it meant the writers were not playing fair with the audience. Having Vision use his magic trick and having it appear to work is dirty pool, uh, especially since there's no particular reason for her to react the way she did if she could choose any reaction she liked. Same goes for the way she asked Wanda if she wanted to do the scene again. And we also have Monica Rambeau reporting that she could feel in her mind that it was Wanda who was behind it all. These are misdirections that smack of trying to mess with the audience rather than originating organically within the story. Uh, that's an interesting take, uh, Alan. Definitely, I know that we do have that moment revealed in this episode that Ag- Agatha is staring away from Vision composing herself to perform as if she's been uh, she's been released from the control I suppose so it is in there in this episode and yeah they have been hiding uh, all of these moments as we saw throughout this uh, during the season I don't know I I liked how the reveal uh, was done in this episode I don't feel taken advantage of by not knowing it I also still don't understand how anybody knew it was Agatha from the beginning. <laughs> I still don't get it. I don't think there was enough in the show, as I, as I've mentioned multiple times, but people did. People got it. So, yeah, well done. Th-
2: Thanks. Thanks, Alan. I mean, I certainly, you know, we did have that moment. I, I think it was with Norm where he says, she's in my head. And we mm-hmm. said, it, is it Wanda or it could it be someone else? Yeah. You know, so I think it was there to discuss for sure, yeah. um, about that, like the witch's costume. I, I guess the, the, tr- the, the, the the sleight of hand, which I, I feel is quite a nice little metaphor, given it's magic users, mm-hmm. um, is that, uh, you know, there were other things going on in the background. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I, I was happy uh, enough with it. And also, uh, so thanks so much, uh, Alan, for that. I should also say for with Heather, sashay you stay. I said not sashay away. Um, Derek. Okay. Um, yeah, she, she can sashay you stay because she got Agatha correct. She Was there all from the beginning saying it was Agatha? Mm-hmm. Um, so gloat is allowed as well. I should, have and for mentioned any that. of
3: our listeners who do not watch Drag Race, that is a Drag Race reference.
0: Absolutely, there's 12 seasons. Go watch it, that's awesome. Yes, uh, exactly. Dr. Bob Phillips says I was right about Agnes being a serial killer, or at least she has more than one skull she happened to pick up at a car boot sale. <laughs> and I'm so glad we're getting the full rainbow of powers at Westview. How did Darcy stay in her right mind, though? And most importantly, where is Dotty? Uh, we did see Dotty in this episode. We saw Dotty yes. uh, gardening uh, when the final battle was going on with uh, between between Wanda and Monica. Um, Darcy didn't stay in her right mind. She was a character in the circus. TV show until, uh, until she got tapped on the brain by, uh, by vision, I suppose. So, uh, yeah, really interesting. I do love that description though, Dr. Bob, um, that she's a serial killer because she has more than one skull, uh, in her house. <laughs>
3: I-, I do want to know, uh, Dr. Bob, um, how many car boot sales have you been to where there is skulls to purchase? Just going to say, probably not a good car boot sale. Just going to leave that there.
0: They do have to get them somewhere, though, don't they? But uh, but I understand, you know, you might come across one in your entire lifetime. But uh, if you have more than one, that means serial killer. I like it. Well, the church <laughs> likes a good skull occasionally. Mm. Some, Well, some churches more yeah. than others. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
3: We also got some feedback from Alan F. Jope, who said, best episode yet. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's his feedback. And... Yep, I, I don't know if best episode yet, but definitely a great episode. Thank you, Alan. We also got some feedback from Claire Payne, who had this to say. Loved the modern family theme to this episode. My favorite moment from this episode was Darcy and Vision. Mm-hmm. Thoroughly enjoyed the whole episode. I'm very excited. It's very exciting where each episode leads us to next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely, this is the one there. This is the one, this is the cliffhanger. This is the ultimate cliffhanger. Now, because we got a post-credit scene.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: One additional piece of feedback came from Mark Kirkman, who said, I enjoyed the episode. I wish it were an error as what Kevin Feige said. I'm glad my prediction was true about Agnes being Agatha Harkness. Glad no, to see Monica become Photon, or Spectrum. Who knows? The end credit scene was a bit short, but leads me to believe that Mephisto is involved somehow. Still, ho, ha 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 I'm just adding for dramatic effect. <laughs> um, yeah, Mephisto. Maybe this is this could be the one. Yeah, all along. They misdirected us with, uh, Agatha. Now it could be misdirecting us with Festo, but we'll see. Yep. We will see, Mark. We will see.
0: Absolutely. And, and I know we, this is what we've kind of been alluding to, uh, throughout, throughout our podcast that there have been mentions that the final couple of episodes will be more than half an hour long or more than 40 minutes long. Um, I think even Kevin Smith was taken in by this. Apparently yep. himself and Mark Bernardin were talking about the final three episodes being like three hours of content, but you know, this effectively came from a discussion that happened back in January. Um The discussion was that episodes or the entire shows on Marvel Disney are aiming for between five and six hours long. Some shows will be 10 half-hour episodes or nine just over half an hour episodes. And some shows will be hour-long six-episode shows like Falcon the Winter Soldier. And then someone's done some really weird math and thought, hang on a second, we've got more time than they said back in January. So that means that the last three episodes are three hours long. And then created a meme attributing it to a quote from Kevin Feige and it just took over everywhere. Um, admittedly, as we talked about during the week on chat, Chris, admittedly, Marvel can do whatever the hell they want yep. to, but there is no confirmation from anybody as to how long the last two episodes are going to be. That's, that's, fun- that's fundamentally nobody has confirmed how long each individual episode will be, but we could have a four hour episode next week and a five minute closer in the last episode, they could oh do that. God, there's no, there's no I'm, reason why they can't do it. There's no, they're not tied into advertising, they're not tied into anything other than what they want to do. But nobody has confirmed how, how long the last two episodes are.
3: It would just be so Marvel. It would be just, just like we can do what we want. Exactly.
0: Ka-chunk. Captain Marvel 2 is actually episode 8 of Division, and it starts oh, next week. It's two God. hours long. <laughs>
3: imagine, imagine they, imagine they still dropped a Marvel film. Do you you know what? Imagine they stealth drop Black Widow in the week between WandaVision and Falcon. Yeah. God, that would be amazing.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it would be cool if the last episode hit. You know, we talk about their end credits thing. Why not have that that last episode is the pre- movie opener, like you get in James Bond, where you have a scene that leads in directly to Multiverse of Madness. So it, oh it's, it, it's a pre-credit. Oh, that would kill you, John. That's like, no, it wouldn't. That movie's it like wouldn't. a year and a half it doesn't away. Matter. Would kill you it, it would sustain me like a, <laughs> you know, like a mango fruit or
0: something for, for that period. Excellent. Thanks so much for your feedback, Mark. Matthew Randall says, if Monica's powers came from going through the hex a whole bunch, which I'm hoping they didn't, They'd be getting a lot of mileage out of that Mind Stone, wouldn't they? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We have what five, four characters have been created from, uh, from connections to the Mind Stone. We have Vision Wanda um, Pietro, Pietro, of course, and uh, now Monica as well. There's there's a yep. connection there at least. Now we don't know who created the hex originally for definite. We know that Wanda powered it up when she went back inside last time, and now the combination of those powers. Uh, well, I really like that thought. That's that's really cool, Matthew. Sandy Resendez says I was disappointed at first at what Darcy became in the hex because she really didn't seem that much different. But then I remembered what Pietro said last week to Wanda about keeping families together, personalities mostly similar, etc. That's yeah, a good point. I like that. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. And Sandy says, I knew Agnes was faking last week, and I'm convinced now that Mephisto is going to be the big bad here and will be for the doc- new Doctor Strange movie.
2: Mm-hmm. Interesting, Sandy. Yes. Thanks so much for that. Yeah, I'm I'm still, um, dare I say it, on the knife edge about Mephisto. Um, We're certainly not going to um, see it anytime soon if that happens uh, but we, we we're saying that a lot i'd love it if he if he was but i i just wonder um i i've i've been dashed by my own imagination mm-hmm. um so far so I, i'm trying to hold back uh thanks so much again sandy uh, salim says okay so it was agatha all along catchy tune monica's engineer was a vehicle i thought she addressed the woman who was leading that group as colonel Is she an engineer as well? I'm foggy on this one. Monica has powers, so they finally have someone other than Vision who can go toe-to-toe with the wands. Uh, I'm most intrigued now by Quicksilver, or whoever he is. Wanda told the boys that he's not their uncle, so maybe she senses that something's up with him. My wife and I both had a lot of laugh out loud moments in this, in the sitcom bits here. I like that it's in widescreen now that we're in the 2000s. It looks yeah. like the hex is going to collapse. Maybe Agatha will help Wanda stabilize it. Yeah, thanks so much, Salim. Um, I think, uh, she was addressed as major. Um, and I think she can still be an engineer, kind of the, the swords engineer core here. And, um, I guess being in space, you need quite a lot of those, uh, for sure. Yeah. Quicksilver, who is he? Um, is it Ralph? Is it just someone else? Uh, the, the brother <laughs> of, of Agatha's son? Um, or just, yeah, the reanimated sort of, matter of of someone to look like quicksilver mm-hmm.
0: uh that's uh yeah but it's uh from uh, the rabbit mashed up that's the-
2: but i i think the fact that it was yeah in that end credit i'm glad he's still there because i was wondering where he was in yeah. this episode yeah. uh it's nice to have that little
0: touch point um for sure and uh yeah oh that scene you, that, that you're talking about there as well um that scene where Vision is waking up and the screen turns to widescreen. It's so cool on a big TV. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> loved it. It really has that kind of real cinematic quality because they have it, the slow wake up of Vision and the slow reveal into widescreen. Very, very cool. And uh, interesting point. I didn't really catch about the hex becoming
2: unstable um, and whether it was going to collapse. Yeah. I, I'm wondering whether if it collapses, then... Yeah, then all the magic users' um, alarms start going off, or whether um, it collapses because Wanda sort of depowers or combats Agatha. I mean, who, it's, it'll be interesting to see uh, for sure. Thanks uh, so much, Salim. Mm-hmm.
3: Yes, thank you so much, Salim. We also have feedback from Doug Green who said, Maybe it was just because they wanted to chip feed us, but with the way they really used the period stylings, it—I get the feeling that I think the reason we didn't get a mid-to-post credit scene until now was because it wasn't a thing until the early two thousands. Yeah, Doug, that's a really, really good intro, um, uh, kind of idea. I think I think thought something similar mm-hmm. because yeah, if you think about it, Iron Man first post credit scene, two thousand eight. It's around the right time. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely a good, um. Definitely a good catch.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Thanks, Doug. Uh, Jeff Charles says, we're now in the 2010s with modern family nod and an office style intro. Agnes is Agatha Harkness. The engineer is no one in particular. Monica is now super parrot. How is this episode over so soon? How are there just two more episodes to go? Snooper's gonna snoop. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. I like that. He's able to cut the episode down to a uh, much shorter than we can. Uh, finally, Brandy has a theory about why Evan Peters in the show. She says, Why Evan Peters? Well, I think Agnes Agatha planned to trick Wanda into believing she, Wanda, had brought Pietro back. But when Wanda wouldn't even try to bring Sparky back to life, Agnes had to come up with a different plan. Cue Peters, as the brother you called out, to, but couldn't bear to actually see. Wanda would reject the idea of having brought Pietro back especially after the talk with the twins, but by having a different face, it helped to gaslight Wanda into questioning herself more than questioning who else could be behind this, and the reason Agnes needed Pietro was to anchor Wanda there. That had been Vision's job before, but he was asking too many questions and making Wanda face too many facts, which is why Agnes tried to get rid of him by driving a wedge between Wanda and Vision. But she needs them both, and maybe the whole town, to think this is all Wanda's doing. That's a really interesting theory, Brandy. I like that. Yeah, that's really good,
2: actually. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, I, I think you see that with the magic show where she's messing it all up. And mm-hmm. obviously the, the tension there between vision and Wanda. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I really kind of like that yeah.
0: theory because yeah, it is why the choice of Evan Peters. Yeah. And I think it's dumb casting for us as the audience. It's just a different face for Wanda, yeah. but she believes it's her brother. Really like that. Yeah. yeah.
3: That's a really good one.
0: Really, really good theories, Brandy. Thanks so much to everybody that sent us in feedback on Facebook. As I mentioned before, pop on over to Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash TV podcast industries. Great chats going on over there. Let's get on to some voicemails. Lots of voicemails this week as well. People are loving this series and uh, we're loving hearing your thoughts about the show. Our first piece of feedback comes into our wonderful listener, Will B.
5: Hello, mates. This is Will B from the US and I just wanted to call in and talk about episode seven. I've been watching WandaVision all season with my 5 years old and she listens to the podcast along with me. So, um, a couple of things I'm very excited about from this episode. One, finding out that Agnes is Agatha Harkness. I'm not very familiar with her character from the comic books, but she seems pretty evil. So, I'm excited to see where they go with that. Um, I thought the comedy bits between Vision and Darcy were pretty awesome. Uh, lots of fun there. Also, Monica gaining her powers. I understand she is a character that's called Photon, so I'd be interested in hear what you guys have to say about that, what her powers are, and um, what that might mean for the future of the show. Um, also, I've been reading online that the book that was in the basement, the spell book, might be The Darkhold. Everyone knows from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that's a pretty evil book that can't open a portal to hell and do some other pretty nasty things. So I'm mean, I'm interested in seeing where they go with that and how it ties um, the show to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse. So, always enjoy the podcast. Um, love the content. Keep doing what you do. Thanks.
3: Thank you so much, Will. Um, and, Mini Will, welcome. And so glad to have you listening to uh, our show. Um, we, your daddy didn't tell us your name. So, we'll just call you Mini Will for now.
0: That's um, so cool. Yeah. Thanks so much, Will. Uh, it's really cool that, that you have your. Uh, your five-year-olds listening into the podcast this is why we don't curse the podcast chris <laughs>
3: yes that's true although we will at one point end up doing a, a tv podcast industries after dark because <laughs> uh i swear like a sailor <laughs> most days uh-huh. <laughs> in terms of your overall i hope i answered some of the questions uh regarding the dark hold um in terms of agatha you don't have much. To sh- I, I at the end of the season, I can do a quick thirty second wrap up of who she is and what she is, and like how she white and how, how they've changed her character. But essentially, if you're interested, she has ties to Wanda, she has ties to Vision, and she has ties to um the Fantastic Four, um essentially. But she has always just been a, a supporting character.
0: A supporting character, yes, exactly.
2: Yeah, thanks so much, will B, for the voicemail.
3: We also have some feedback from the one and only Dave. So, Dave, what do you have to say?
4: Hey there, guys. This is Dave from the Comics in Motion podcast. have to say I'm absolutely loving this series and always look forward to hearing what you guys always think of it and what you spotted and things that I might have missed. Um, I'm sure one of the points that you'll be touching on is the Agatha Harkness reveal and I did enjoy the little monsters theme after they tried to throw us off the scent last week. But following on from that creepy basement scene, I found it a little bit jarring after they built up that tension really well. But I'm interested in what you guys think of that end credit scene and who Pietro might be this week. Now, this is speculation, but uh, it could be a spoiler. So I'll leave it up to you if you prefer to cut this bit out. Now, like a lot of people, I was looking everywhere for signs of Mephesto after the, you know, obviously knowing what he does in the comics. But I think this week, my money's on Nightmare. We know that Doctor Strange director Scott Derrickson had mentioned about wanting to see Nightmare in a sequel a few years ago. And in that mid-credits scene, Evan Peters' characters were wearing predominantly a green-themed outfit, which we hadn't seen him in before. And with everything else being so well thought out and very deliberate, I, I don't think that's a coincidence. One thing that doesn't really make sense is the fact that Agatha is more of an ally to Wanda in the comics, and so they could just be completely changing that. Or a bit of a Hail Mary bit of speculation is that perhaps she's under the influence as well, perhaps like a dream within a dream kind of thing. And um, uh, maybe that might be a, a final twist in the season finale. But anyway, loving what you do. Keep up the great work, guys. Bye now.
0: Dave, thanks so much for sending in that voicemail to us. Really good to hear you.
2: Yeah. Thanks, Dave, uh, for the feedback. Yeah. a Nice bit of speculation there for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, th- for me, the nightmare connection is just because of what's been said previously um, I didn't spot the the kind of green um, tone to uh, Evan Peters' clothes there uh-huh. or, or uh, Quicksilver's. So um, yeah, I need to just uh, look at that again. But yeah, Nightmare is uh, a man in green uh, yeah. for sure.
0: So really, uh, that's that's an interesting one. Because wasn't the speculation wasn't the whole story from Scott Derrickson that he wanted to do Nightmare in Doctor Strange one? was told that he couldn't he needed to introduce the character and then he'd be able to do it in Doctor Strange 2 and now unfortunately he's moved on for the project yeah. and Sam Raimi's on board doing uh, doing Doctor Strange There was too, a lot
2: of that and yeah I mean dreams within dreams um it really allows you to play around with sort of the more straight um, aspects maybe of this show that actually it becomes a bit more layered, uh, as we move, uh, towards, uh, episode eight and nine. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly, uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of though on the, on the nightmare side that he is a possibility for sure. Yeah, nice. Um, and yeah, I mean, Mephisto may be, cause again, in, in the world of comics, Mephisto and nightmare are certainly, um, brothers in arms is not the right word <laughs> no. but but it's kind of you know sometimes interchangeable they will yeah. they let's say they will collaborate occasionally yeah. on diabolical plans yeah. um so it's still always open but I, I think um yeah i i'm i'm liking the speculation
3: mm-hmm. we have some more voicemail feedback yeah boys it's, it's everything's coming up voices mm-hmm. with this time we have the one and only greg Schwann.
6: hello and thank you for hosting TV Podcast Industries coverage of WandaVision. This is absolutely insane. Hi, this is Greg, and I just want to talk about the breadth of characters that we've gotten so far from this relatively short series. Scarlet Witch, Vision, Quicksilver, Speed, Wiccan, Dr. Darcy, Captain Photon, Jimmy Woo. And now we understand that the big bad is, in fact, Agatha Harkness, whom, from my fuzzy memories of the comics, looks a bit like Maggie Smith with the bun, Cross with Aunt May from the Spider-Man comics. Uh, Katherine Hahn's performance has been absolutely over-the-top bonkers, and then she killed Sparky. Crazy. I absolutely love her, and she's been a lot of fun to watch. She does have this kind of Hansel and Gretel vibe going on, but that may just be the fact that I now know that she's a witch, so maybe I was expecting it. I'm really kind of looking forward to what her, her end game is, and hopefully we'll find out next week. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen was absolutely channeling julie bowen this episode and as a fan of modern family i thought it was a lot of fun and i swear to god as soon as the screen flashed back black after the post-credit scene a miniature christmas tree fell on a mantle which probably shouldn't be up at this point but whatever immediately fell down and crashed onto the floor really spooky all right. Look forward to the podcast. Thanks. I
0: love it, Greg. Look, if you want to leave up your Christmas tree till uh, till March, you are absolutely entitled to. Everybody can do that. You're totally entitled to. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. There's a few houses around here that've
2: still got the Christmas lights out in mm-hmm. the front. So um, yeah, they're trying to maintain that festive
0: spirit. Oh, absolutely. If you're staying indoors and every day is exactly the same, you might as well have every day being Christmas, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. Really, really like those uh, those thoughts there, Greg. Especially just listing out the number of characters that from the comic books that we've had in these seven episodes of a tv show that's that's amazing to think how many characters have been introduced here that we haven't really seen before uh it's really cool
3: yes thank you so much greg and yeah like as you said and as derek said just when you actually list them Mm -hmm. you're like oh wow yeah like it's like we have a lot of here and the the, the way they pulled it together (sniffs) chef kiss
2: (laughs) yeah thanks so much greg and finally, we have uh, our last bit of voicemail
1: from Steve Brown. Hello, TV Podcast Industries. This is Steve. And uh, we have our first post-credit scene uh, for WandaVision, Breaking the Fourth Wall. Um, another outstanding episode. And uh, I only watched it once. I'm going to have to watch it again before I can send some more thoughts in. But, uh, man, super good. Uh, I started to think, Um, before the post credits scene, I was like, oh, they, they listed Evan Peters, but we only saw his back. And then of course there he goes. Um, but yeah, I loved the, the modern family take on it. And I'm sure people are going to be talking about that and, um, just the, the reveal there at the end, Agatha all along. I'm not sure exactly what that means. How much of it was she controlling? Was she doing everything? Um, is Wanda, does Wanda have any kind of control at all? I don't know. Uh, seeing those those the glitching at the beginning uh, where it was popping between different time periods was was interesting the kids with the the saying something was wrong with our game and then the controller changes to a joystick and then to uno cards uh like going back in time almost and then back to uh the controllers that they had so um yeah I can't wait to watch it again I can't wait to hear you guys talk about it and um, can't wait to to see the next one. All right. Talk to you later.
0: Excellent stuff, Steve. Yeah, we didn't talk about one bit of the glitching that I can't believe we didn't talk about. I loved the the moment when uh, Wanda goes to the fridge to get her almond milk <laughs> and it starts glitching backwards in time through full fat milk and through half fat milk and the blue and the blue style, the red style was, into a bottle. It was know. falsified uh,
2: milk with vitamin D and mm-hmm. then it was just plain old full fat yeah. uh, black and white
0: milk really fun touch to go all the way back from almond milk to full fat (laughs) just just showing the difference in the in the family home uh really really good good stuff um I love that Steve had, uh, records this when he's watching the end of the episode. What I was really hoping for though was that he was going to click his recorder immediately after the episode ended. We'd get a live reaction to the post credit scene. <laughs> yeah.
2: I was really hoping for that, but
0: uh, he seems that he watched the post credit before uh,
2: recording. Uh, yep. Excellent. Great to get the epic music uh, soundtrack to your feedback, uh, Steve. Mm. Thank you.
3: Yes. Thank you so much, Steve. Uh, for me, it's just that you have a musical accompaniment.
0: Yeah. To yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Yeah. hopefully no strikes against us for copyright that's it for all of the feedback and all of our thoughts for the episode thanks so much once again for joining us for another epic episode only two more of these to go what's going to happen when we get into uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier which have hour long episodes Uh, are we going to be recording for three or four hours on those episodes no no No, absolutely not but we do want to hear your thoughts about all of the episodes of this show email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com pop on over to the Facebook group as I mentioned before or you can also find us over on Twitter at tvpodindustries we will be back with episode eight discussion of a one division, which comes out on the twenty seventh of February.
3: Yes, it's going to be a good one, ladies and gentlemen. We have two episodes left. We are in the final stretch. If you believe my hype, then potentially this is going to be the big one, followed up by a a, a post credit episode, if you will. Um, <laughs> two hours so and five see. minutes. I'd love it. I yes. think it'll be hilarious. <laughs> and I, no, it would just be an hour, and the next episode, episode nine, is the five minute one.
2: Maybe you never yeah, know. I cannot wait um it'll be great to see this uh, but again thanks so much for joining us fellow defenders it's always a pleasure having our chit chat with you uh, on all things one division remember keep watching keep listening and keep defending bye.